Hey guys, uh, so today I've, I've got uh, Tana Guzzi, is that correct? Guzzi, like fuzzy Guzzi. Guzzi, okay, Guzzi. <laughs> I didn't want to butcher it, okay, no, Tana Guzzi with me today. Um, we're going to talk a lot about uh, masculine appearance and what that has to do with masculinity and why it's really important. Um, Tana, I'll just get you to do your intro, buddy, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just jump straight in, man. Sure, yeah. So my name is Tanner Guzzi. Uh, I'm based out of the Provo, Utah area, um, married. I've got five kids and number six on the way. So big family man, right? And you guys, I really do have kind of the weirdest job in the world. And that is I teach men how to find and express the best versions of themselves, the most integrated versions of themselves through, through their clothing and their appearance. Something that most guys think of is totally superfluous and irrelevant. And I help them understand why it really matters, especially for that kind of deep inner work of understanding who you are. Absolutely. Yeah, is and and I was just saying to you before we start is like I I, I followed your stuff on that because I liked how simple you kept it, and also is like we were just saying about the memes that you share where it's like you you basically tongue in cheek of like yeah men don't give a shit of like of their appearance right and you show all of these pictures of of really um, old school uniforms and like tribes and, and warrior culture and and military and all this sort of stuff and it's kind of I think being ex military that's what hit home with me about. Oh, fuck yeah. It's like we do care about other parents, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Very but much so. I think my first question is just like, why do you think men don't actually give a shit about that anymore? This is such a, this is a heavy question. <laughs> As you can imagine, in. I've thought about this for years, right? Yeah. Okay. The best answer that I've been able to come up with is not even one that I came up with. Uh, it's one that my friend Jack Donovan, which I don't know if you know, familiar with him, uh, author of um, Start the or his. Uh, his hand will start the world author of uh, the way of men and all of that. Yeah. We've had him on the podcast. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. Yeah. So you guys, you and you guys know who Jack is. Uh, Jack and I have become really good friends. We're business partners on a magazine venture. And um, one of the things that he did in an event that we spoke at and just released a, an, an essay on this on chest magazine on the, on the magazine that we're doing is this idea of sexual pollution, which is that in cultures in which there are very hard delineated roles between men and women, basically make it possible for men to do anything without it being a threat to their masculinity, which is why you go and you look at warrior cultures, you look at traditional cultures, and historically, anything that makes up culture, music, uh, art, dance, architecture, clothing, poetry, all of these other things, it's all been built by men, it's all been made by men. And in cultures where you have these hard distinctions between things that men do and things that women do or what masculine and feminine roles are and kind of how they interrelate with each other, men can do all of those things without it threatening their masculinity. But as we get more and more into these culturally nebulous spaces where women and effeminate men encroach more and more on what is allowable or the spaces in which men find themselves, then what men typically do is we start retreating more and more and we go back into these spaces to where eventually we get into, I guess, for lack of a better term, these kind of like cultural ghettos where women and effeminate men don't follow us. And so you see this with everything. You see this with um, uh, alcohol is one that Jack gives a really good example of like men have curated wines and drinks and everything. And now all that's left is like beer and whiskey. Anything else is a frou-frou drink. And you're not a man if you drink something besides beer and whiskey, right? Or music, something that men have created and they've done. And now, unless it's like heavy metal, death rock or hardcore rap, you're not a man if you listen to classical music or you listen to anything else. And clothing is certainly one of these spaces where unless you're doing cargo shorts and graphic t-shirts, you're not a man. And so really what it is, is we have culturally seeded so much ground 
that we've allowed ourselves into really what the man cave is. It's the one space that we kind of hold on to tightly. And the only reason we even hold on to it is not because we're actually good at like holding those boundaries. It's because they're so unappealing that women and effeminate men don't even bother going after them and they let us have our own cultural table scraps. And so clothing has very much become a part of that. Wow. That's heavy, answer. right? <laughs> yeah. But that's why I ask because it's like I really like I say I, I see your stuff on the, especially around a, a appearance and masculinity, and it's like it's I find I don't see I, well I don't anyway I don't see anyone else really kind of um, going into that, um, especially like you do. Um, but so why I suppose why do you think that is like really important for men to actually give a shit about it? What does it do for us when we do? Because it's, okay, there's two reasons. One is the one that most guys recognize, and it has to do with the way that we interact with each other and we interrelate with each other. And if you think about it, visual communication is just as, if not more poignant than audible or vocal communication. You can think about in the animal kingdom, you go back to the two things that animals want to communicate with each other is either I'm dangerous or I'm horny and available, right? Like it's sex and danger and that's it. And most animals do that through visual cues. That will be why lions have big manes or poisonous frogs have bright colors. It will also be why different birds have mating dances or why male peacocks have prettier plumage than the females. It's either sex or danger that's all being communicated. I'm just reading a really interesting book right now that even has to do with the way um, uh, about parenting and ADD. And, and one of the things that I just finished listening to on the drive over to my office today even was talking about how for the first few months of a baby's life, the only way that we communicate them is through visual cues. And it's through attuning facial expressions and body language and gestures and all these other things. And so we are incredibly attuned to visual cues. And that very much has to do with the way that we use our clothing, our posture, our body language, our grooming, all of these other visual variables to be able to communicate with each other. It's how we signal I'm a threat or I'm, I'm a friend or um, I'm somebody who is part of your same culture and speaks your same language and shares these same values or I'm an outsider and I don't understand all this. And it can be very, it can be very big picture. It can be very small picture. I mean, militaries are a great example of this yeah. where you can use the slightest thing like the number of pins on a collar to be able to express something like rake and then that's deference and how much authority and credibility somebody has just based on that one little visual cue. Yeah. So that communication thing is the first one and that's a big one. And then the second thing has a lot to do with identity and self-perception. This matters because who we are on the outside should be congruent with who we are on the inside. And if there's dissonance between those two things, then we're either going to change who we are on the inside to reflect who we are on the outside, or we're going to change who we are on the outside to reflect who we are on the inside. So many people look broken and sad and depressed and energetic because they're broken and sad and depressed and lacking energy. And it becomes this vicious feedback loop. And so if we want to break that loop or get into a virtuous loop, then reflecting the way that we want to see ourselves, the way that we see ourselves like you and I are on a Zoom call or what you see in the mirror when you're getting ready in the morning or what you see in family photos or on social media. If you see a good version of yourself, then you start to believe that about yourself, then you start to change the inner to reflect that as well. And so it can be a really good way to not only dig into who you are at your core, but also start to change your perceptions of what your potential is and start to create that alignment as well. Okay, cool, man. So is that like um, the thing that came to me there was just like it's it's almost like for me it looked like an extension of kind of 
when you're walking around, how you carry yourself, you know, the kind of the Jordan Peterson kind of put your head up straight and put yep. your shoulders back kind of thing. It's like how you carry yourself, even that's like exactly. energetically attractive to people, right? Exactly. And I mean, guys in our space get it when it comes to self-talk. You wouldn't, if it's, yeah. oh, you're such a loser. You're never going to get this right. Like, why are yeah. you always screwing this up? We do, we, we recognize how stupid it is to do self-talk like that. But yeah. visually we do that self-talk all the time. Look at you, you dress like a loser. You dress like you peaked 20 years ago and you haven't grown since college or since high school. You look like the only thing that matters to you is comfort. You look like you're trying to avoid as much attention as possible and you're just trying to fade in the background. And it all is just this negative self-talk that happens visually as opposed to as far as this conscious brain thing that happens. And, and where do you think guys get lost with that with the kind of style you say like it's just like cargo shorts and branded t-shirts he's like do you think it's just like guys have just not really ever put any effort into kind of is finding a bit of a style and caring about their appearance or no i think most guys put effort into it the problem is is we get ridiculed and picked on and made fun of and ostracized and shamed unless we land at whatever it is that becomes kind of the default that's acceptable. We get told that we're gay or we're effeminate or we're dishonorable. We get called fag or we get called all of these other things that make us feel like we're lesser in our masculinity because I care about the clothes that I put on. And so we just look at it as I'm going to do the bare minimum to not look like an idiot. Because again, if we really didn't care, like if we really didn't care, we'd wear garbage bags or like, you would just wear whatever is in your wife's closet that she just doesn't happen to be wearing that day. But like, that's going to be infinitely more comfortable and infinitely easier. You wear robes or like blankets or stuff like that. If you really didn't care, you would be doing that. So we care enough to avoid being made fun of or to avoid feeling self-conscious about looking bad or looking horrible. But then we also want to avoid anything that looks like we care too much or that we put too much energy or attention into it because that is equally as shameful in our culture. That is just as effeminate. That is just as big of a problem. And so it's this, this incredibly small tightrope of you can care this much, but if you care a little bit more, then you're no longer masculine. You're no longer accepted as one of the guys. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Because it's, um, like I was saying before, is like when you said about that trying too much and that kind of put me back into like, I remember like we put you in like the military is like putting on your best, uniform to be honest say best uniform i was a sailor so it's just like we kind of had a good uniform but it was kind of like the bow bottoms and the collars and it was like you know that was kind of this the whole uh, village people stuff as yes. well but but there's but there is like um without <laughs> the jokes aside from that it's that kind of when you have this well-pressed and well-kept uniform and you kind of you you really press you have to have specific creases and they have to look really like the sharper the better and like your little bows in specific places and your and your shoes really clean and like as shiny as possible and you'd buff up your medals and 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 like there's there's something about that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have correlated that at the time right when I was right. when I was doing that but like now it's just like oh yeah there's like there's a there's a you feel better like that there's a pride in that when it's like you actually put some effort and like in care into like oh I give a shit how I appear because when I put this on I, I feel fucking great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what um what actually got you into doing what you do now? So I would say I think the best way that I put it is I've always been hypersensitive to style. Like this stuff really matters to me. And one of the reasons why is this kind of these disparate identities and, and how this all correlates. Because for me, especially when I was in junior high school, 
which I think is actually when a lot of guys really start caring about this stuff. It's when you start caring about your friends and your peers. And, you know, for a lot of us, it was, do I end up going like, am I a jock or am I a nerd or am I a skater or am I something else? And you really start to like, try to fit in with these cliques. So for me, junior high school, I went to a private school and it was one that very much associated the appearance with how much you bought into the ethos of what the institution was. Not only did you wear the white shirt with the rep tie, the gray slacks and the Navy blazer, but it had to look good. It had to be clean and pristine and tucked in and all of that. Like you very much, the more you looked the part, the more you were believed to actually be the part. I'm into BMX, snowboarding, punk rock. I wanted green Liberty spikes and I had battle jackets with band patches and like all this, you know what I mean? And it's another one of those that is very much aesthetically driven. The more you look like a punk rocker, then the more you are associated as being high status within the, within that particular community. And so I had this real kind of like dissonance of part of me was the private school kid. A big part of me was the punk rock kid. I, I would get in trouble at school for trying to make my uniform a little bit more punk rock. My punk rock friends would tease me when they would see me wearing my private school uniform. And I wasn't actually as hardcore as punk as they, as I wanted to be. I was, you know, some preppy suburban kid and all of that. And so I learned very early on, not only that other people had placed a premium on how I looked, but even more importantly, I never truly felt like myself when I would get dressed because I always felt like I had to pick between these different versions of who I was. And so I mean, that, that followed me through high school that followed me through, um, I served like an, even like a, an evangelist, uh, proselyting mission for my church where I was in a shirt and a tie every, every day for two years talking about my faith. And it wasn't until I had come home, I had graduated from college that I thought I, I need to start writing about this. I need to start writing about this from a, uh, like a keeping my voice sharp for my career path progression, but even just to better flesh out these ideas. So 11 years ago, I started a blog called Masculine Style to start writing out these ideas. And at the time, I was really fascinated in this idea of masculinity. And and I noticed that nobody else was talking about the correlation between appearance and masculinity. And it was just kind of something that was that was interesting. And it's been a real pleasure and a blessing to get to start to connect all these dots on this. That's cool, man. It's like, I like I like what you're saying about it. It started in school because I suppose it does for all of us, doesn't it? It's like where you start first, start having a personality, and then like like socially, you're you're seeing where where do I fit in, and it's uh-huh. but also as well those um, those multiple parts of your personality, like say punk rock, BMX, and all this is like so. Like now, do you, do you find that you kind of um you also dress into different parts of your personality as well do you have different do you you go into different styles or do you kind of is like see people with like kind of one kind of style and that's it or is it like a mixture of both so it for me there's one way of doing it for my clients there's other ways of doing it this is one of the things that i try to teach my guys is there's not necessarily a right or a wrong way to do it some of my clients would much rather have one particular style that really is kind of like the combination of all these disparate parts of their identity and they wear it all the time everywhere. It's kind of a personal uniform and it goes across with them everywhere. I'm more of the way that I like to really lean into a particular environment and bring out that part of my personality more when I'm in that environment. So if I'm going to a, you know, if I'm going to church on Sunday, 
I love dressing up in a nice suit and feeling that really pristine. Or if I'm going out um, to the symphony, then I'm going to dress in a suit differently than I do at church. And for some people, it may feel like it's the exact same thing. But for me, I love leaning into those little differences. Or even when it comes to like what I wear to work out, when I'm out doing marathon training, I'm wearing different clothes than when I'm strength training. And for me, a big part of that is because all of those aspects are part of who I am. And if I dress to that environment, it helps me feel more present in what I'm doing. If I were to wear to what I wear to the symphony to do strength training, that's a pretty obvious example of like, it really pulls you out of your headspace. You can't, you know, you're not deadlifting in a three piece suit and you're not going to the symphony in a stringer, right? But even for me, I am more present and more in the right headspace if I have my lifting clothes versus my running clothes, or if I have my church suits versus my symphony suits. And even those little subtle variations can make a big difference in how present I am in whatever I'm doing. And, and you see like with um, some guys as well, where they, they kind of just have like a kind of a one look kind of mm -hmm. uniform. Yeah. And for a lot of guys, that's totally fine. Yeah. If that's where they feel more of an energy boost. If that's what makes them feel the most congruent with who yeah. they're on the inside versus the outside, if that's what makes them the most present in what they're doing, that's what they need to go with. That's my, my way is not objectively or morally better. It's just better yeah, yeah, yeah. for me and my alignment. And for other guys that need that personal uniform, that that's where they wear everywhere all the time. If that's better then they need to go that route. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the, the Hank Moody look, you know, Hank yes, Moody. perfect yeah. example, right? Perfect example. And he would feel, he would feel like he was being almost like schizophrenic or jumping into multiple personalities and none of them were real if he were dressing to different environments. And so for someone like Hank Moody, he absolutely just needs to wear the same thing all the time everywhere. Literally black t-shirt and Jim, it worked for him, didn't it? Black t-shirt, yep. jeans. That was it. Totally. The whole thing. Totally. And <laughs> um, so is that like more of like, I suppose how much you're into it? Cause obviously if you, you go into that, uh, like into great detail, but then I suppose it's like a reflection of someone's personality too. Cause if I look at, uh, for me, it's like I spend most of my time in athletic gear. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always outside or the gym and out. So I, and I feel comfortable in like athletic gear all the time. So it's kind of like that would be, in a sense, it was a big part of my uniform. But like, totally. even, when, even when I moved into this, uh, our new house, is like I got a walk in wardrobe mm -hmm. and I was hanging the stuff in my wardrobe. And I was like, I felt this is pathetic. I had this massive space. I had like five t-shirts. <laughs> like you say, it's not wrong. Right. There's like five t-shirts and like two pairs of jeans in there. I'm like, i got to fill this shit up. So it's, again, just, just, just enjoying that kind of going shopping and like an opportunity to kind of um, top up the wardrobe again and kind of like, okay, what am I into? What kind of style do I like? And it's like, it's right. actually a really fun thing to do. But I, I kind of love clothes shopping as a man as well. Like I know some guys fucking hate it, don't they? Most so, guys hate it, yeah. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I love it, but it was like, and it was, um, but that really exploring kind of like what what look you want to kind of, what look you want to go for or what, 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 even if it's not necessarily trying, but I suppose for me, it was like, what kind of fits my personality of what I like and what I, what I feel good in more than anything. Totally. Totally. And that's really what it should be. And sadly, what a lot of guys who go the personal uniform route end up missing out on. In fact, I was just talking about a friend, uh, talking about this with a friend about a month ago, where he is not going to one of his friend's weddings in Italy this summer, because he can't be at the wedding and wear gym clothes. And he does not feel like himself unless he's in gym clothes to the point where it causes so much pressure and stress and emotion that he's like, I'm just not going to go unless they tell me I can wear my gym shorts, and my t-shirt, I'm not going to go. And it's like, that really kind of sucks. 
because you should be able to know who you are that you can feel just as integrated and just as expressive while wearing something that's appropriate to a wedding as you do in the gym. And I mean, again, we can go back to this idea of like uh, expressed verbal language versus visual language. You should be just as comfortable being able to shout at your favorite team or against the refs when you're at a sporting event as you are talking to a three-year-old child without feeling like this is being fake in some arena, but it's just being able to pull out different parts of your personality or even expressing the the consistent parts of your personality in different ways just depending on the environment in which you find yourself yeah i get that it's like uh i, I remember um once i had like a, a series of weddings in the summer and i was like uh i didn't have a suit and i had to go suit shopping and i i fucking hated it because i absolutely hated it go shopping you suit. like shopping hate it because it's suit shopping right yeah 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 and that's like and that's something for me where it's just like it's like hating it going for a shoot i really didn't want to buy a suit because it's like i was like i don't like wearing suits i don't feel comfortable in suits but it's just like but now i see that as just like um if an occasion comes up where i do need to go and get a suit it's just like make it a, a process of like saying going to find not just going go and buy off the racket yeah, but go and find a style and like really explore that and go and find something that i do feel comfortable in yeah. and like really fucking own it right than- so you feel like yourself instead of i'm putting on a mask or i'm faking or i'm playing dress up because i have to wear this stupid thing that somebody else is forcing me to put on 100 100 what, <coughs> what what do you find with with guys in the sense of like i suppose a transformational piece of like you say that kind of correlation between the inner and outer of what that actually changes for them in, let's say, in like in their relationships or even in their business, like yeah. for those, I suppose. The biggest thing that I found as we go through this is that my clients end up having a deeper and fuller sense of who they are than they ever do before we start working together. And don't get me wrong. It's not because we buy the clothes and then that creates a deeper, fuller sense of who they are. It's that we have to do all of this personal digging and really yeah. dig to find out who they are in that deeper and fuller way in order to be able to get the clothes that reflect that the right way. But then what ends up happening are these things like, you know, people at work start treating me differently because they see me as more serious or more credible. Or my wife has legitimately said, now you actually look like the man that I knew you were and that I was the only one who could see. And now everybody else gets to see it. Or, I have one client who we were talking a few months ago and he was in tears because he said that just by dressing differently when he's at home, it helps him be more present when he's with his kids because it shifted his mindset when he was with his kids. And so he actually has a better relationship with the small children because he's able to be more invested and more involved just because of that little change. And so, yeah, all my guys end up looking really good and feeling really confident about how they, how they look. But that's really kind of the secondary benefit. The primary benefit is you get a deeper, fuller sense of who you are, not only as far as your own understanding, but everybody else gets to see this realer, fuller version of who you are too. I suppose that's like, it's like you're telling somebody something without actually telling them something. Like if, like example, in a work example, if someone, a guy turns up like 30, 45 minutes late for a job interview, it's like already they're telling you something without actually telling you something. So if like, someone shows up in their in 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 their appearance and they care about their appearance a certain way and then how they carry themselves and the confidence that goes in they're like 
you say it's that energetic piece, I suppose, isn't it, as well, of like they're telling you something without actually telling you something. And I think between guys as well, there's like, there's, there's like, is, there's something we get drawn to as well, isn't it? With like, if a guy oozes something in that, there's an instant respect and like mm-hmm. even a magnetism from other men, right, as well. So right. we can talk about this a lot with women, but also with men in groups of other men, there's also, there's like, you, you become magnetizing to other men and other men want to be around you because it's yes. like, it's infectious. Yeah, because it's an attraction, not a, not a sexual attraction. Yeah, 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 not yeah. A, I want to have yeah. sex with it, but it's an attraction of, I want to be associated with this. Yeah. I want to be like this. I want to be around it. I want that to bleed over and kind of rub off on me. And it does. It becomes very, in, in a way, it becomes very selfless because by raising yourself in that regard, yeah. it gives these other men permission or kind of the ability to do so too. Yeah. Is it, is it, this is just giving me a lot of deeper insight to this as well. So it is like a very powerful form of like another uh, part of like kind of deeper in the work and, and self-development and this as well, isn't it? And even like, even that leadership piece, because it's like you, you say you're kind of because if a lot a lot of men have kind of maybe some shitty standards around their appearance, is this like and you around guys that are like raising those standards and raising the bar? It's just like and you're around that. It's like you say there's a lot of things within men that rub off automatically on other men, right. especially like how you show up, your leadership and that. And it's like it's automatically, like you say, attractive. Yeah. Men want to be around that and they want that to rub off on them but it's yep. like you need somebody to show you that first right absolutely and that is that's good leadership is being able to just lead out by example and give people a lot of people just need permission to yeah. be able to say oh it's cool i can care about this because he does and so i'm going to start doing it. i mean dude i was talking to one of my clients today who he runs a roofing company in Wisconsin, like yeah. is blue collar kind of anti-aesthetic as it gets. And a lot of, a lot of his guys were kind of teasing him where they're like, you were hired a well, what to do what? And then we're a few months in and he's talking to me today and he's like, so my brother and a couple of my guys were asking me about shoes and so I need to help, <laughs> you know, and it's so funny how they just need a little bit of a runway and then they go, okay, I see how much better this makes you. And I want a little piece of that for myself as well. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. It's just, uh, it's like another expression of like, where if like, again, working, if I'm working with a guy, working with a client, and then it's just like, again, you get a few months in where stuff already starts taking place. And then, then like other guys are like asking like, what? What, what are you doing? You, you seem different. Mm-hmm. Like you seem different. Probably not in the the, the, the physical appearance of like- right. like they're not showing up in three-piece suits and everything yeah, 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 else in yeah. jeans and t-shirts, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just like, but you seem different. It's like, what are you doing? And that curiosity is just like, and this is a thing like men want this shit, mm-hmm. like in all areas, but it's just mm-hmm. like either don't know how to approach it, don't even know they want it. Or it's just like you say, it's like a, a, a permission thing because it's like some things you're not supposed to want or you're not supposed to do as a man. Exactly, exactly. That's really interesting for me, especially in the, in the, uh, in the appearance side because it's, it, it's, it seems, I suppose it seems like almost too simple right because it's like you wear clothes every day but it's like right. how much yeah how much every day <laughs> and people see them every day and you see yourself every day every day <laughs> um there's a couple of other things i wanted to get uh to ask you now so okay so with with that is like how simple how simple can this be for guys is this like like some like some if a guy's like say 
it's the typical kind of like you say, not that there's nothing wrong with that, but if it's just like sloppy shorts or jeans and, you know, T-shirts that don't fit properly and this is like, is the basics that you kind of, um, like a foundation that you, you kind of give to men is like how they can start to really um, go into this for themselves. Yeah, it really just depends on the guy um, and how really expressive he wants to get with it. But there's a couple of kind of like key things that I would tell most guys to do. One is to avoid a few pitfalls. Most guys, when they think of dressing well, they probably think, oh, suits, formal, you know, bright colors, big patterns. So they do. They think you have to dress more formally. You have to wear more colors or you have to wear bigger and bolder patterns. None of that matters. Okay. If you want to dress better, wear the exact same level of formality that you're wearing now. And all you have to do is get it to fit better and choose higher quality materials. And like, that's it. Higher quality materials, maybe more interesting textures. And so if everybody around you is in jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers, don't show up wearing a suit. Don't show up wearing a button up shirt and a pair of slacks and some dress shoes. Show up in jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers, but have them fit better in more somber colors without any of the graphics and have it be higher quality materials. And it's gonna be one of those things where it's like, you're doing something different. You look better. I don't know why you look better because you look like you're wearing the same stuff as we are, but it looks so much better on you. And that's where you get that balance of not trying too hard, not look like you're, too, you're putting too much effort into it, but really just take the things that you're already wearing and just do better versions of them. And you'll see massive improvements just from that. It's like that. And I think I saw one of your posts on this as well, where it's just like, just buy better fit and shit. That's it. Like it's just simple. It like could be that simple. Like the same thing, yep. and I think that's a really interesting point because it's just like because uh, I had that. I was like, well, I don't like really wearing proper like formal stuff. I'm like a, I'm like a, a good fitting t shirt and yep. kind of and and jeans kind of thing. But it's just like okay, then just is just get really nice ones of those that like right. fit really well. Yeah, um, I mean the the whole idea of formality being style or formality being dignity yeah. is a very twentieth century model. You know, and we don't we don't exist in that world anymore. Our elites, you know, elites yeah. are not guys that wear suits. Any any of them that do, it's because it's a holdover. As far as like, if you're a politician or you're in court, but most of our most of our kind of frontier driven new space development, the tech elites and everything, dude, they're wearing jeans and t-shirts. Yeah. You know, and so the idea that you have to dress formally to be able to signal credibility or authority or innovation or status that worked in the 20th century it doesn't work now nice that's a good point is one of the things i wanted to ask you and i'm gonna ask you before i forget is this like with you've seen some of these things when you're saying at the start about kind of like really kind of effeminate men and kind of and it's like and the thing that came to mind when you said that was like do you remember i don't know if it was this year or last year the, the kind of was it the front cover of cosmo with like uh you know harry styles in a dress in a dress yeah Tell me, what's yeah. your thoughts on this? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And um, I think that this is where one of the things that happened is that when traditionally masculine, red-blooded men ceded the territory of aesthetics and appearance, when we just said, you know what, fine, screw it, you can have it. All, all we care about is cargo shorts and graphic t-shirts. You can have everything else. It became a free-for-all. And so this is what is allowed for this to happen. Cultures that are warrior cultures, like the samurai, they're not going to let they're not going to let dudes get away with dressing like the women. 
right? Yeah. The ancient Aztecs aren't going to let people get away with that. The Romans aren't going to let people get away with that. Cowboys aren't going to let people get away with that. You go to any other point in history and men who very much cared about the, I mean, dude, cowboys, you could tell what ranch they were from in what territory, just based on the way the, the, the hat was pinched in the crown. Like these guys cared. They very much cared. And one of the reasons why it's gotten to this level of, of absurdity and androgyny that it has is because we've just stopped caring. And so what that signals to my sons, to my son or to any of these other young boys is you can either choose the really ugly, really stupid one-dimensional cartoon character version of masculinity, yeah. which is beer, boobs, man caves, and cargo shorts. Or if you don't like that, then your only other option is complete postmodern andro androgyny. And it, it just creates a false dichotomy that these boys are forced to pick between. So I hate it. And I think that we as, as uh, traditionally masculine men have a lot of a responsibility to accept for it because we gave up the territory when we shouldn't have. And I think part of that as well is like, is for, for me anyway, looking at this is like where it's just like, it's, is it missing out on kind of actually where, like the masculine and masculinity is also beautiful in it, but in its own way, in its masculine way. It and is. it's like, we've completely lost that. And the idea of masculine beauty breaks a lot of guys' brains. And that sucks yeah. too, because we've just sexualized all beauty. And so we can't look at other men. We can't look at, I mean, you go back and you look at the way that like the Greeks and the Romans would do sculpture, or you would look at even like go back a hundred years in the art deco movement. Yeah. And the way that they made things that were so masculine and they they glorified man and it was just this beauty this inspirational arts i mean again you know you look at kind of some of the stuff i think lord of the rings is a really good example where there's the this kind of like decaying culture and what gondor was or what these big statues were but there was nobility to it and there is beauty in masculinity and there is beauty and nobility but most guys would never be comfortable saying that because what we associate beauty with is I want to have sex with it. Therefore, if I can acknowledge masculine beauty, I'm saying I want to have sex with other dudes. And so most guys just say, no, that's either one, there's a, a moral aversion to it. And, but I would say for most guys, there's just a, that's just actually not what I'm interested in. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a lying thing. And so we have, we've divorced ourselves from appreciating masculine beauty because we've completely inappropriate, uh, inappropriately, inappropriately <laughs> aligned all beauty with sexuality that's a fantastic point i like this as well because it's like is you, you really take in is like the appearance and kind of in a sense of of clothing but like it goes fucking deep oh yeah real deep yep real far back yep and i suppose it's just like when you're saying things like that as well like especially with like uh you say like these like masculine um sculpture and and, and statues of like um old greek the, the the greek men is like they they are beautiful right they look fantastic and they're mm -hmm. strong and they really um have a really intense impact on you and it's it's and, and i suppose like you said it's that that kind of like it's all oh, masculinity can't be beautiful it's like and that, that's a really i think that's a really powerful point especially nowadays when it's all the, all the kind of like you know masculinity is is is, is toxic which i fucking right. hate Right, hate it. expression but yep. it's just like in but it's it, it's not and it's like it's said in it's in its kind of pure form it's like it's it's beautiful right um but we said i think it's just lost touch with that and i, and I think with that <coughs> the harry styles cosmo front cover thing as well it's just like 
I think the thing that pissed me off for that as well is because he got like kind of applauded for being so brave with with it's doing not even that, right? Brave anymore. And it's and not even. It's just. It's like, just. It's just ratcheting up the degeneracy another degree. Bravery yeah. would be going back the other direction. It would be embracing like masculine beauty in a way. I mean, I remember a few years ago seeing some Gucci runway models that they had them dressed like greek heroes and they had like golden quivers and these greaves and everything and it's like dude give me more of that like these guys are but they're pushing some weird level but give me more of that give me more i think jack donovan again is a really good example of somebody who understands the cultural relevance of masculinity the power of aesthetics on masculinity and jack has built his body and has built his own aesthetic into something that you can and should look at and go, that is masculine, that's beautiful, that's noble, that's desirable. I don't want to have sex with it. I want to look like it. I want to be associated yeah. with it. I want my son to look like that. That And that's that's desirable in a lot of ways. It is, and that's a, is a good example as well, isn't it, with Jack? Because he's like, his, his the, the, like the, say, the way that he looks and the way that he's sculptured himself, but also is like, I think the way he comes across and like his, his depth of... Uh, his depth of knowledge and like philosophy and like even in his writing as well right it's like it's um i, I think that's why i love his writing so much as well on masculinity because it's just like it's it's quite different to, to what a lot of um i think masculinity books and and stuff that you've got out there right now well and i think that that's why it carries differently than it does from jordan peterson because peterson's yeah. a genius and he yeah. writes great stuff and if he looked as dangerous as he says you're supposed to be if yeah. he were as physically dominant as he is intellectually dominant, yeah. his message would carry even more weight. And so that's, yeah. that is another reason why somebody like Jack is so good because we, he's, he's really worked to embody the Greek ideal of the physical as well as the intellectual, as yeah. opposed to falling to like the 80s movie version, which is you can be the dumb jock or the weak nerd. And that's kind of like the, the paradigm that we live in. And men need to embrace both. We need to be beautiful physically spiritually emotionally socially intellectually yeah. in all of those different arenas yeah and that's true that as well isn't it because it's like yeah you can you, it's like you can, you can be the kind of the the beef head mm-hmm. or like the gym dude mm-hmm. or you're the geeky nerd it's just like actually it's like you you kind of want to be aiming I for want, both of those all. i want both yeah, yeah. yeah. uh I, I, that makes me laugh as well because i get that because it's like I, i'd get kind of um put in that bracket of just fucking gym dude all the time mm-hmm. and it makes me laugh because it's just like one is just like from people that don't even know you but it's just like exactly. it's, it's it's not understanding that you can actually be um very intellectual and kind of geeky and fucking nerdy uh like the, was it what's the what's the phrase there's something scholar isn't it it's the something in the scholar. scholar no uh you've got well i know like we have a jack and i have a mutual friend um that runs like savage gentleman you know, and it's that kind of idea, yeah. like the warrior scholar or warrior poet or those types of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's yeah. it. And that's because that is like it, it's and I think guys split that, don't they? It's just black and white thing is like you can't be you can't be both. you got to be one or the other. It's like yep. the it's almost like the which I think I deal with a lot with guys. It's like that nice guy, the nice guy. Yes. If you're not a nice guy, you're an asshole, right? Right. It's yep. like, no, you're not. No, <laughs> no you're a not. whole range to play with in there. It's not exactly. just one or the other. Yeah. Exactly. And I think men get really stuck in that of like that. 
um, I'm, I'm going to be a nice guy because I don't want to be an asshole. Right. Or yeah. I'm going to be an asshole because I don't <laughs> want to be the nice guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not a black and white. There's like, there's, a, there's other choices as well in there. But um, yep. that's a really good point how that correlates as well. Um, what else did I want to ask you? Is there any of the points actually? Actually, there's a, there's a, there is a thing because like, I know um another place men could start actually when we're talking about like where can men start with their appearance and it's like you have a an archetype test don't you on yes. your instagram uh, yep. profile um do you want to like i suppose give a little bit on 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 that of like what that yeah. actually is for guys because that's really yeah. helpful yeah archetype archetypes are super helpful because again what it should be is that you're your style and your external expression should start with who you are on the inside. And yeah. so that means you have to know who you are on the inside. And so I've broken it down into three different archetypes and how they correlate with different styles. So you've got rugged, refined, and rakish. And kind of yeah. like the quick breakdown on all of these is rugged guys are those who thrive by interacting with the world physically. They love to build things. They love to be outside. They love to have rough, callous hands. They are at their best when they're using their bodies to build themselves and to build the world around them. There's a certain way that you should dress or certain aesthetic principles you should lean into if that's your primary archetype. The refined guys are guys who are at their best when they are interacting with other people. They understand systems and hierarchy. They understand how to be able to play by the rules and climb the ladder. They understand how to uh, leverage relationships or how to network with people in the right way. And there are certain ways that you should dress that reflect those principles. And then the third one is rakish. And these are the guys who they understand human interactions and systems and hierarchical structures and all of that just as well as the refined guys but rather than thriving by playing along these guys thrive by being outsiders by breaking the rules by kind of twisting the system and breaking things and doing stuff that way and there are definite aesthetic principles that need to be followed as you as you lean into that too now all of us have all three elements within yeah. us none of us is one-dimensionally all rugged or all refined or any of it but if you want to know which one is your primary one, it's a really good place to get started with your style. And so, yeah, like you were saying, um, you can, there's links to this on all my social media. You can go to just masculine-style.com. But I have a quiz that you can take seven questions, super easy, and it'll tell you which of those three is your primary archetype and then start teaching you how you can start dressing according to that archetype. It's a really interesting way to go as well, isn't it, with the archetypes because it's it kind of does go back into like... Uh into like saying to those ancient cultures as well of like the samurai the old military and all of this and it's like it's what we really associate with as well isn't it is in archetypal form totally um so I'd, again it's like i liked how you, you you have that breakdown of those guys to kind of see but like you said you're not a one-dimensional you have all of them but it's like more of a would you say it's more like of a dominant one yeah, definitely. There's always yeah. going to be at least one that, that comes up, even if it's just a little bit dominant, there'll always be one that leads out. Yep. Yeah, man. Cool. Um, I don't think I have any more questions, uh, Tano. Is there anything else that like is you think is important points for this for guys to uh, to take on board or? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think the last thing that I would say is if you, if you find yourself, which let's be honest, if you're at this point in the conversation, you're probably not hate listening anymore and raging about <laughs> this idea. But if you are, I would encourage you to zoom out historically and culturally and recognize that we're in this weird kind of anomaly of time in which it's unmasculine to care about your appearance. If you yeah. go to any other culture at any other point in history, men care about appearance. The bureaucrats care about it. The shamans and the priest class care about it. 
the farmers and the artisans care about it. But ironically, the class of men that cared the most about it is the warrior class, yeah. the most masculine, the most aggressive, the most kind of red blooded men that cared the most about their appearance were the warrior class. And so if you find yourself still resistant to this idea, um, go study history, go look up. This is where kind of you started off with my whole real men don't care how they look meme, which is yeah, yeah. post up photos or paintings or other things of men who are very masculine and who very much care about their appearance from all over the world and start to recognize that we're in this weird time where we're told that we that it's effeminate to care about how we look yeah. and start breaking from that programming because having a masculine relationship with appearance is a very good and noble and godly thing. Or, or even like you said, is like the, is it's effeminate to care how you think, how you look as a man, but also is like where that's actually turning the look of men and masculinity effeminate even more. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. And, and we, we do it with everything. <clears throat> if you care about, if you care about art or film or music or poetry, if you care about anything that actually has to do with creating culture, then you're told that that's, that's only for effeminate men or for yeah. postmodernists or for anything else. And so when you have it in you to create those things and you either suppress it or you have to become this postmodern version in order to sustain it. And we've done ourselves and we've certainly done our kids a huge disservice by not allowing them to pursue those things in a very healthy, masculine way. And guys being scared of being called a pussy if they do. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's good. And I like, uh, just to finish off on that, is like, I really like the point of like where you said it's, it's throughout history, the place it's been most prominent is actually in warrior culture, which is like what kind of, I think a lot of guys is like aspire to, is like mm -hmm. try and install is, is to be a man or to be masculine, but it's just like when it's, so if you bring that part into it, it's kind of irrefutable. It's just like, it's, yeah, the guys who give a fuck about it the most, are like these strongest kind of like most aggressive uh warrior guys that like a lot of men look, actually look up to 100 percent. i love that that's a really really good point i appreciate that um where where can guys come and find out more about what you do and like basically follow you as well because you give, give great educational pieces as well i think well thank you uh, I'm most active on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And on all of those, you can follow me. It's at Tanner Guzzi. So T-A-N-N-E-R-G-U-Z-Y. Um, I do my best to post a lot of stuff that's up on there. And a lot of it is kind of what we've we've uh, taken a dive into. I'd say maybe 20% of my content relates to style. And I, I do, I care about it. It matters. And I'm much more interested in masculinity, in yeah. culture, in families, in in parenting and all these other things, because these are all parts of the puzzle of what makes men healthy and happy and, and all of that. And so style is, is a component of it, but I don't limit myself to that. And, and hopefully you guys will like my takes on those other things too. Um, if you want to take the archetype quiz, you want to learn more about what my coaching looks like, you can go to masculine-style.com. And if you want really kind of like a good primer on all of this, uh, I published a book called The Appearance of Power. You can uh, get that on Amazon, on Audible, if you're a, if you're a listener. Um, it's a quick read and it's a really good, again, a primer on kind of all these principles and how they, how they correlate to the relationship between masculinity and, and appearance. That's awesome, man. That's great resources. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. It's like, that's, that's amazing. I, I, I love that. I love uh, listening to your kind of uh, expertise on kind of masculine style and like how deep it goes as well and how important it is for men, especially today. Dude, I've loved it. Great questions, really good back and forth. So thanks for having me on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.